Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. We're going to start a brand new series today, um, a brand new needed series. Um, And so I just want you to kind of prepare your hearts for that. You're going to hear some things over the course of the next several weeks that you need to know, but you may not know that you need to know. Speaking of need to know, some of you may not even know who I am. Why are you about to get deep? Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi to everybody that's here for the first time. My name is Talit, and along with my beautiful wife, Ty, I have the privilege of being one of the lead pastors here at this fantastic church. And we welcome you, and we're glad that you are here. And to everybody that's already a part of the family, what up, though? How y'all feeling? I ain't got to be as formal with y'all. <laughs> the name of this new series is called The Honor Roll. The Honor Roll. It's not a typo. I, we, we, we spelled it R-O-L-E on purpose because honor plays a role in so many different areas of our life. And I don't know if we value honor to the degree that God values honor. (laughs) And so we need to have a discussion about honor as a result. Because if we look around the world that we live in, you don't see a lot of honor. You don't see a lot of honor in real life. You don't see a lot of honor online (laughs) because everybody now has a medium (laughs) to express their expert opinions on various topics. I especially love when people who have never led a church give pastors advice on how to lead churches. That's my favorite category. But the truth of the matter is our world is void of honor like never before. And I don't think we as Christians realize just how dangerous it is. (laughs) Honor is important to God for my note takers. You can write that and just hold it and chew on that all week. Honor is important to God. And anything that's important to God should therefore become important to us. Think about all the discussions we have around politics. It's not a lot of honor there. No. Think about all the the conversations we have around social justice. Not a lot of honor there. Think about all the denominational Christian fights that we have. Not a lot of honor there either. And that is detrimental to us as believers. And we're going to talk about why. Because it doesn't just stop with social conversations. It leaks into homes. When spouses lack respect for each other. When parents lack respect for children and vice versa. When employers mistreat employees. When employees undermine employers. We're creating a culture of dishonor. And we're wondering why families are falling apart. Why economic systems are falling apart. Why political and governmental systems are falling apart. It's because dishonor is prevailing in the land. One one thing that we have to remember as Christians is that the Bible has a great deal to say about honor. Why? Because of what I said earlier, honor is important to God. Do you know one of the reasons we really struggle with the word honor is because of where we live. I don't know if you know this, but when you decide that you're gonna give your life to the Lord, 
you're going to make him, you're going to make Jesus the Lord over your life, you enter into what's called the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. I know you thought you joined a church, but what you actually did was take up residence inside a kingdom. And that word in the Greek kingdom means basilia. It means dominion, power, authority, and rule of Jesus Christ. Well, we struggle with this kingdom concept because we live in a democracy. We're used to voting and having our voice heard and considered, and when it's not, we deem it disrespectful. But that's not how a kingdom works. I was in the army for 12 years. I joined back, my, my son would say, back in the 1900s. That's what he would say. 1998 to be exact. And I served 12 years active duty. And one of the first things we had to learn was called the army values. There were seven of them. And, and it was an alliteration for the word leadership. So every letter represented something. So it was loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. Didn't even have to look it up because they drilled it in us so much that even though I joined the army back in the 1900s, <laughs> I still remember it like it was yesterday because the drill sergeants would, would, would quiz you on it randomly. They would just run up on you and be like, what's the H? Uh, uh, humiliation. I mean, uh, and if you got it wrong, push-ups. And after a while, you get tired of doing push-ups. <laughs> and so you force yourself to train yourself on what each one meant. And what's, what's incredible about when I think back over that acronym, each word had its own definition, loyalty, duty, respect. They all had a certain definition. But when you got to honor, it didn't have a definition per se. Honor was defined as how you live the other values. Honor, therefore, is the outflowing of the principles that are on the inside of you, the standard that is set for your life. The outflow of that is honor. We have to understand that the Godhead operates in honor. When Jesus was on this earth, he said, I don't do anything apart from what my father tells me to do. The Bible says that God the Father put all authority in the hands of Jesus Christ. Before Jesus left, he said, I go, but I will send another. So kingdoms have rank Kingdoms have structure and kingdoms have authority. And you got to be okay with that if you're going to participate in the kingdom of God. The United States of America is not the kingdom of God. It's the country of your residence. But it's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God and its standards and its principles and its agenda trumps no pun intended. Every cultural standard and cultural norm that you face as a believer. Now, if you're here and you're not yet a believer, we're glad that you're here, A, but this doesn't pertain to you. But for those of you who have decided that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Master, you got a different set of rules. And at the heart of everything we do in the kingdom of God, it hinges on honor. 
Let's consider the definition of this biblical word, honor. In the Bible, the Greek word is teme. It's spelled like time with an asterisk over the M, teme. And it means to elevate and esteem, especially of the highest degree, to reverence, to fear. That's what honor looks like. But it, the, the most interesting one to me was a value by which price is fixed. What that means in simpler terms is that honor is the currency of the kingdom of God. You know that word currency. Here in the United States, we have the dollar. And we transact with goods and services based on the amount of dollars that are in our possession. If we have a lot of dollars in our possession, we can do a lot of things. If we have limited dollars in our possessions, we are limited on how we can transact and interact in our society. In the kingdom of God, honor serves as currency, meaning that the more honor you have saved up, the more you can transact in the kingdom of God. The more honor you have in your possession, the more you can do within the kingdom of God. The more honor you possess, the more the God, the king of the kingdom uses you for his kingdom agenda. Honor serves as our currency. This is why it's so important. But it's also troubling that it's so little discussion about it. We talk about a lot of things, prosperity, healing, miracle signs and wonders. All are incredibly value, valuable. All are incredibly necessary, but none will flow with purity if there is no honor present in your heart and in your life. You can do all those things and have no effectiveness if your life has no honor. Did you know that honor is tethered to the favor of God? A lot of you are praying for more of God's favor but you don't realize that you're deficient in honor. That's why it's not showing up. The psalmist says in Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. They're tied together. No good thing does he withhold from those walk uprightly. Before we dive deeper into what honor is, let's talk about what honor is not. Honor is not empty words. You can't talk honor. You have to be honorable. You can't say you honor such and such, but your actions say the opposite. Because as the old saying goes, actions speak louder than words. And this is especially the case when it comes to honor, I'll prove it. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 29 and 13, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, denied. You can talk about how much you love him. You can talk about how much you honor him, but what does your life say compared to what your lips say? Honor is not empty words. Honor is not humiliating. I think in a lot of churches we're getting this honor thing wrong. I saw, I, I saw a clip, Ty showed me a clip of a pastor belittling somebody for the dumbest thing in front of everybody. That's not honorable. That's not biblical. That's not kingdom. Because we all deserve to be humiliated by the perfect king of kings, if that was the case. But time and time again, we saw how Jesus interacted with broken people. 
And he never once humiliated one of them. He sat with the tax collectors. He ate with them, hung out with them, was a light in their presence. Never, guys, the tax collectors were the worst of the worst of the worst in society at that time. And Jesus never once humiliated them. He never talked down to them, made them feel bad about it. He addressed their wrong, but he never did it in a humiliating way. Remember the woman at the well? She had all kind of problems. She was looked down upon by society, but not by the Savior. He addressed the sin. He didn't humiliate her for it. Honor is not synonymous with humiliation. Another thing it's not, it's not mediocre. How are you looking at your job? You know, the one that you prayed God would give you? How, how would your supervisor say your work ethic is? Is it mediocre? Well, that's not honorable. Honor is excellence. So when you show up at work, you represent the kingdom of God. When you show up in your neighborhood, you represent the king. When you show up at the family reunion, how do you show up? If you want to show up in honor, then excellence has to be what you're striving for in all areas. Last one. Honor is not disrespectful. Honor includes being respectful to other people. I know that, that sounds so anti-American right now. Ty was at, at, at uh, one of the pharmacies the other day getting medicine for our son, getting medicine for our son. And the clerk was just super disrespectful for no reason because she was asking questions, trying to clarify the information about the medicine for our son. And if we have to give our son this medicine, it's a really bad day. So she's rightfully asking clarifying questions, but was given a rude response. She didn't respond back because she was being honorable. But it's hard. Come on, let's just, we can be honest in church. We're not supposed to lie in church. It's hard, but it's the standard. Remember, we're in the kingdom. We're not in a democracy. So the standard for believers in the kingdom of God is honor and honor is not disrespectful it's tough right first peter 2 and 17 respect everyone first two words in the script respect everyone well, well who is everyone everyone <laughs> well what about everyone But you don't know everyone. Respect everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. I'm just, I'm just trying to lay the groundwork for where we're going. I know it's tough already, but you need to know just how important this is. Remember that honor is the currency of the kingdom of God. Honor is tied to the favor of God. This is something we can't blow by or ignore. We have to be different. We can't just do things the way we feel like doing them. This is why dishonor is so dangerous. Stop playing with it. I know they're doing it. But once you hear what the word has to say, you become accountable for what you do from that millisecond forward. So that brings us to today's topic. I think we need to start this conversation by taking a look at one of the, the heroes of the faith. We're going to look at our introduction to David. But each week, I'm going to give you one key to honor 
that I want you to let settle on your heart. Because it's that important. This week, I want you to know that honor attracts the blessings of God. Honor attracts the blessings of God. Now, if that is true, and it is, then so is the opposite. Dishonor repels the blessings of God. I'm going to prove it biblically. But the key I want you to hold on to all week, because honor isn't always easy. Honor isn't always comfortable. Honor doesn't always feel good. But honor always attracts the blessings of God. Join me in the book of 1 Samuel 16. We're going to walk through a little introduction. This is how we, the world, is introduced to the life of David. So a little background context. Currently, Israel has its first king. And his name is Saul. Started off really good, and then he just fell off a cliff. Not literally, just in his leadership. He got some specific instructions from God through the prophet Samuel on how he was supposed to engage in a battle. Because see, here's the thing. As we enter into this text, you have to know that the children of Israel have entered the promised land, but they have not taken control of the promised land. And that's a message all by itself. You can be in the promise, but not in control of it. Because there's a process after you enter. So they are in the promised land, but there are still other enemies in the promised land as well. And these enemies actually have control of more of the land than the children of Israel do at this moment. And so they are in these various battles trying to conquer more land. And so Saul enters into a battle with a, a king by the name of Agag. And his instructions that he received from God through the prophet was to go and kill everybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, everybody. He did not, though. He did not. He killed all the men, kept the women, and kept his king alive. Sort of like a trophy. Walking through the city like, look what I did. And so when Samuel found out, he got another message from heaven for Saul. He said, well, your kingdom's over. You're done. He's like, what? I can't. Look, they're all dead. No, they're not all dead. There's some people here. Samuel then pulls out his sword and tears Agag to pieces. And as a result of Samuel receiving the word of the Lord that the kingdom has now departed Saul, he is incredibly sad. He loves Saul. And he's incredibly disheartened that Saul's wrong decision has now led to the kingdom being taken away from him. And then we open 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asks, how can I do that? Saul hears about it. He will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. Why? Because Bethlehem is like on the Chitlin circuit. <laughs> Samuel is like one of the most powerful people in the kingdom. And so he would go to certain cities and 
he would uh, teach or, or he would perform sacrifices. But Bethlehem was never on the tour. Because Bethlehem was kind of a throwaway city. It was the hood. Nobody really went there. So when they see Samuel coming in, they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what, hey, hey, what's up? What's up? What we do? What's wrong? So they were afraid at the sight of Samuel. Are y'all with me? And they ask this question, what's wrong? And they say, hey, we're so glad to see. They say, what's, what's wrong? Why are you here? They ask, do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to, to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab, that's the oldest son, and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointing. Verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemiah, but Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Verse 12, so Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of the olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Go back to verse 11 real quick, real quick, real quick. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down until he arrives. Today I'm going to talk from the topic of honorable mention. An honorable mention. Let's pray this through. Lord, we honor you. You are perfect in all your ways. We ask that you speak directly to our hearts, a word that will change our lives forever. I have removed myself from this equation so that you can have your full reign and that you can do what you want done in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, honorable mention isn't really sexy. It's not really what you're striving for if you're striving for something. If you're competing athletically, or if you're competing academically, or if you're competing vocationally for a prize or a promotion, what you don't want is an honorable mention. Because that means that you did pretty good, but not good enough. You didn't get first prize, second prize, or third prize, what you got was an honorable mention, which don't really mean nothing. It's a participation trophy to make you feel good, but you didn't really do nothing. By, by, by definition, honorable mention is accommodation given to a candidate in an examination or competition who is not awarded a prize. That kind of sucks. Come on. Like, think about it, like if you were going for a trophy at work, right? Top salesperson of the quarter. And you are busting your tail on the phone, following up with leads, taking people to lunch, trying to close the deal, and the results come out, and your name says, 
honorable mention. You're not feeling good. You probably talking smack about whoever beat you. Like, I know I'm better than them. How I get an honorable mention? <laughs> so in, in, in our society, honorable mention isn't necessarily favorable, but it is in the kingdom of God. <laughs> because when, when God mentions your name, and when he mentions it in a way that is honorable, his favor comes with it. His provision comes with it. His promotions comes with it. So although we may not want to pursue, we may not be striving for an honorable mention in, in, in the natural sense, we should always perpetually be striving for honorable mentions in the kingdom of God. Are you with me? Why? Because honor fuels our relationship with God. Everything we do, we are either exemplifying honor or we're not. And because God holds honor to such esteem, the more honor we put into the world, the more it fuels our relationship with God. Psalm 29 and 2, the psalmist decrees, honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And so the first place that we present our honor is to him. Before we honor any human being, we have to become proficient at honoring him. So whenever we are honorable to horizontally a person, we are exemplifying a strengthened, strong, stable relationship with him. And every time we pop off, every time we snap, every time we give dishonor back to people who gave dishonor to us, it shows that our honor tank is low. And it also shows where we're at with him in our relationship with God. Honor is not limited to superficial gestures or or mere outward acts of obedience. It goes deeper. It involves the postures of our hearts. That's where the strength comes from to be honorable in honorable situations. That's where the strength comes to be honorable in dishonorable situations. It's not hard if your heart is right. If you spend more time focused on how this affects God instead of how it affects that person or how it even affects you, you'll see the posture of your heart currently. Just let somebody, after you leave here and you go sit down and order you some chicken, let them mess up your order. Let the food come out cold. Let them have an attitude. We gonna see where your honor tank is. Because you have to understand, in the kingdom of God, honor is not predicated on honor. Did you catch that? Honor is predicated on your relationship with God. Because I'm in his kingdom, I move in honor everywhere that I go. Let me give you a little personal demonstration. So at my last church, I had various roles various leadership roles, did all kinds of things. But the one thing that I did consistently from start to finish was I served. Didn't care about a title, didn't get or ask for no money. All I wanted to do was serve. Why? Because God sent me there. Is this mic on? Okay. Can y'all hear me okay? So since God sent me there, he didn't send me there to sit there. He sent me there to serve there. So here I am, blue check verified on social media, 
Here I am speaking all across the country. Here I am. People want to take pictures with me. And I didn't show up saying, look at me. Where's my microphone? Do you know who I am? I've already been through plenty of leadership training. I don't need yours. No, because that's not honorable. So when we showed up, we took every class. We went through the new members. We went through all the things that they told us to do as a new member. I didn't come waving no resume. Why? Because since God sent me there, God wanted me to serve there. <laughs> Honor. So he's going to put a picture up that my wife took without me knowing. This is when we first moved into the building that they're currently in right now. And our job was to take care of people as they made the decision to join the church. But we were in the midst of construction and renovation of this building. And so the room that they assigned us to have these meetings with people, it was still in disarray from all the construction. And so instead of going and looking for someone else to fix the place up, I picked up with my blue check and my resume a vacuum. I saw garbage on the floor and I said, let me vacuum it up. Why? Because God sent me there and he didn't send me there to sit there. He sent me there to serve there and you can't serve without honor. And so I'm vacuuming with joy, happy to do my part. This is in the basement of the church, not on stage, no microphone, no lights, no camera, no social media flyer or shout out. I just wanted to do my part. I just wanted to serve. I just wanted to be honorable with what God told me to do. And because of the way my heart was postured to serve in this place, I got an honorable mention. See, there was a roster of us at the church. The church was full of gifts. We was just another, we were just another on the long list of giftings. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't like the oldest son. Like, like, like when, when, when Samuel saw the oldest, oh, he's like, oh, that's the one right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the one. Look at, look at him looking like, looking like he looking. Obviously Lord, this is the one. And God said, no, mm -mm. Mm -mm. no, no, I'm not, I'm not like a person. I don't look at what's on the outside. I look at the heart. So you get an honorable mention from heaven based on what's going on in your heart while you're serving. And so because I was serving with honor in my heart, he took a vacuum out of my hand and put a microphone in it. Here's the thing. I wasn't looking for it though. I wasn't pursuing it. I wasn't chasing it. You know what I was pursuing. You know what I was chasing. You know what I was looking for? Ways to serve honorably where I was. That's all I wanted. I didn't want no accolades. I wanted God to be pleased with my reasonable service. You got to understand how powerful honor is. And you can't talk a good game about honor. You can't try to look the part of being honorable because God looks past every ounce of that and peers right into your heart to see why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you saying what you're saying? And that's how in the kingdom of God, you receive an honorable mention. Let's look back at David in verse 11. Samuel asks, are these all the sons you have? 
because the one that he thought was definitely it, wasn't it? And then he went through six more. Like, he's confused because he hears from God clearly. He knows the voice of the Lord since he was a baby. He was given to God as an infant because he's the result of his mama praying for a baby. I got time for that later. He knows the voice of God. And he knows God said, one of Jesse's sons is the next king. And I'm going to show you. So now he done went through all the sons and God ain't said nothing. He said, nope, 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 nope. And so now he sits there confused like, Jesse, bro, what, what, what's up? Are these all of them? And it was at that moment. Now think about this. Uh, Samuel shows up to Bethlehem and all the elders are trembling. He assures them that he's not there for trouble. He's there for sacrifice. So please believe that the elders sent out word. Yo, Samuel's here. Samuel's here. Everybody, come on. We're going to have a sacrifice. Surely the word went out through Bethlehem that a special guest, just like all y'all ran to Soldier Field when Beyonce came, this is the same thing. Samuel's on tour, and next stop, Bethlehem. So surely the word got out. And then to top it off, Samuel said, I want Jesse and his boys to be my special guest. So you know they're like, Jesse! Jesse! Yo, yo, Samuel's on tour. He's coming to Bethlehem, and he wants to give you VIP tickets. You and your sons, yo, go get ready. Go shower up. Go get ready. So at some point, you would think that Jesse would alert all his sons. What's transpiring? This is a big deal. But for some reason, for some reason, word didn't get to David. Could that have been an accident? Probably not. Because later on in life in Psalm 58, we get a little a preview into their family dynamics when, when David pins in sin did my mother have me. And so some scholarship suggests that David was an illegitimate son didn't have the same mother as the others. And so he was always treated differently. Hence, why he was out with the sheep and the goats. But, but, but here's the thing. You know what we see from this text and, and through several Psalms is that David was very content with where he was. David was all about being a shepherd because that's the charge he was given. Honor was being cultivated even in his youth. And at this moment in time, he's still young. He's only 15 years old at this moment. And yet, because of how he served, it wasn't because of what he was doing. It wasn't because of where he was doing it. It was because of how he was doing it. Because he was content. And because he was moving in excellence as a shepherd, how do you know that? Because bro killed a lion and a bear. He could have said, you know what? You can have that one. Come on, y'all. I ain't messing with no lion. But because he was all about his assignment, he was willing to risk his own life to fulfill his assignment. That's called honor. When you're willing to risk it all, to fulfill the assignment that you're currently in. Risking it all looks different in 2023. Sometimes it's reputation that you need to risk. Sometimes it's friendship that you need to risk. <laughs> Sometimes it's family that you need to risk. Sometimes it's financial that you need to risk. But some point in your life, <laughs> you should be willing to take a risk to fulfill the assignment, the call 
the mandate that's on your life. At some point, you should have such reverence for the fact that God chose you to do anything, that you're willing to do anything to fulfill it. But you can only do that if there's honor in your heart. If you're looking for something that's not honor, if you need a pat on the back, if you need an attaboy, if you need a paycheck, if you need a flyer, you're not doing it for honor. You're doing it for an outcome that differs from pleasing God. Like, I just do it to please God. I just, I just want God to be pleased. That's why I do it. When your heart starts doing that, your heart is postured for honor. But it's not just a church thing. Don't, don't trip. Because I'm talking about how you're going to show up to work tomorrow. Hmm? When your supervisor gives you an assignment. I ain't just talking about assignments that come from heaven. I'm talking about assignments that come from Mr. Such and Such. And Miss You Know Who. When your supervisor gives you an assignment, God's looking at your heart too. He wants to see how you're going to respond to that. What's your mouth going to say? What's your heart going to speak? What actions will come as a result of the vocational assignment that you get? Y'all all right? What's going to happen when your spouse gives you an assignment? What's your heart going to say then? Why y'all sweating? It's cold in here. Why y'all sweating? I see sweat on these foreheads. <laughs> what, what, what type of response will come forth from your heart? I'm not talking about from your mouth. What's going to come out of your heart in response? Honor or dishonor? When your kids start tripping. These your kids. When they're not doing what they're supposed to do. When they're not representing like they're supposed to represent. What's flowing out of your heart? God is looking at it all. That's the big picture I'm trying to get you to see. Honor has a role in a lot of areas in our life. And God is peering into your heart to determine whether you're qualified or not. He's not looking at how you look. He's not looking at how you talk. He's looking at what is flowing out of your heart. I really hope y'all come back next week. But you have to understand, how do we, how do we know? How do we, how do we know that David is a picture of this? Well, you got to understand the qualities of a shepherd. You got to understand that this is, this is where, this is where God judged him. It's how he was interacting with sheep. Where, where, what, what, what was Moses doing when he got the call? He was, he was shepherding sheep. One of the titles that Jesus is referred to as is the good shepherd. Because there's something about being a shepherd that trains you in honor. So number one, a shepherd is compassionate. Because I don't know if you know this, but sheep are dumb. Like, they don't have good sense. They make a lot of bad choices on the regular. So if you're going to be a shepherd, you got to know that you are shepherding some dumb animals who are going to make dumb decisions at times. And you have to have a heart big enough 
to love them anyway. It's the heart of a shepherd. They're compassionate. Number two, they're humble. This is not the role of rock stars. This is not what rock stars do for a living. Nobody wants to be the shepherd. Did you notice how Jesse referred to him? He said, there's one more. He, you know, he out there with them sheep. He out there with them goats. And if you fast forward and turn the page to chapter 17, that's where you find the battle of David and Goliath. And when, when David showed up to the battlefield, his older brother, the same one that got disqualified, said, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be out there with them little sheep? Because that's where you put somebody just to put somebody. And so if you're out there and you're compassionate and you're loving the sheep, you've got to be humble because you know you're doing a job that don't many people want to do. Because a lot of times when you are out taking care of the sheep, you are out away from everybody. You're away from the lights, the cameras, and the actions because you're trying to find places for them to eat, which is usually away from civilization. Third, they're hardworking. You out there in the sun for hours around sheep that don't smell the best. And you're making sure that they're getting their needs met at times at the expense of your needs being met. You got to work hard. Next, they're sacrificial. We talked about the fact that there was an attack by a lion on one occasion and that there was an attack by a bear on his sheep from another occasion. And David leapt into action and defeated both and protected his flock. Number five, they're committed. They're committed. They're out there every day. They're making sure that the, the, the sheep are taken care of at all times. The Bible says when it referred to Jesus that he'll leave the 99 to go get the one. You got to be committed to go get one lost dumb sheep. That speaks to commitment. And so we have to ask ourselves in light of all of this information, how do we posture ourselves to receive an honorable mention. I think there's three areas of honor that we need to practice. We need to pursue starting now. The first one is honor God with your worship. Honor God with your worship. So that means you don't show up at announcement time on Sundays. That means that you have a new paradigm as to what worship is. Worship is the part of this service that you serve him. Because right now, what's he doing? Serving you. So if you only show up to the parts of service that serve your purpose, there's a lack of honor in your heart. You're just showing up as a consumer instead of a producer. So the first thing that you should do is honor God in your worship. So when we show up and when we sing worship to him, and worship isn't a slow song. <laughs> so when we show up, we lift our hands and our voices to him. It's an offering to him. It's an ode to him. And he deserves it. So factor that into what time you set your alarm clocks for. From now on. Because now you're accountable. If you can't worship him, you cannot receive from him. You're not in position. He's raining down blessings over here, but you're right here and you're missing it because you haven't honored him in your worship. And it should not be exclusive to Sundays. No, no, not if that's honor that's in your heart. <laughs> I mean, there should be moments. I mean, come on, we're in, we in the information age, technology everywhere. Your phone's a computer. 
You can throw on, you can, you can, you're on your commute, on your lunch break, in the bathroom in the morning. You can, you got time to worship him in spirit and in truth. We should pursue honor in our worship. Number two, and this is the one you're really not going to like. You should honor God in your finances. He said, that's where your treasure is. That's, that's, listen, there's, there's nothing you hold on tighter to than them couple of dollars you got. When you really think about it, you'll bring your kids every Sunday and drop them off in children's church. You got no problem with, 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 with sending your kids to church. But you struggle with sending your dollars to church. Why? Because you're a consumer. You're not a worshiper. What can I get? I can get some time away from my kids. In Jesus' name. Oh, but when offering comes, like, hmm, the, the church always asking for money. How do you think we're paying for the stuff back there with the kids? Genius? You think they're giving us this auditorium for free? No. Come on. And it really ain't even about that. It's about your worship. It's about your heart. If you're wondering if we're honorable with what we're receiving in, Go find another church. And I mean that with all respect. You need to be somewhere that you can honor with your finances because God is looking at your heart during offering time too. He's listening to what you're saying in your heart. And then you want to hold your phone up during the prayer like you gave, but you didn't. It's all right. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. That's fine. But I'm saying God is looking at your heart. He's trying to find the honor in you. Is he going to find anything? See, we're American, and so we're used to consumerism. And so we've Americanized the kingdom of God. That's why we show up when we want to. We serve when we want to. We give when we want to because we forgot we're in the kingdom. We're not in a democracy. The rules are different when you are submitted to a kingdom. There's rules. There's structures. There's authority. There's rank. You, listen, I mean this respectfully and as humbly as I know how. You can't treat me any way. Because I didn't put me here. God put me here. We could talk, we could chill, we could text, we, we could do whatever. But at some point, you got to understand that God put me here. So I'm not them. And I mean that humbly. I mean that respectfully. I'm trying to make sure that you're in position to be an honorable mention in the kingdom of God. There is rank and there is authority in the kingdom of God. I never have lost, and maybe it's because of my military career, I understand honor like the back of my hand. People have tried to get me to dishonor. People have tried to move me into the place of dishonor, and I refuse because I know how valuable it is in the kingdom of God. It's dangerous to be dishonorable. Y'all got to stop playing with dishonor. And dishonor is not disagreement. We'll get there. You can disagree in honor. Remember last week with the three Hebrew boys and the king was trying to get them to bow to a false idol. They disagreed with honor. 
If you go back and read that text, you'll see that in their response to the king, they consistently called him your majesty. We won't bow your majesty. Our God can, our God will, but even if he doesn't your majesty, we will not bow. You can disagree and be honorable. That's not what I'm saying. But when you find that somebody is inviting you to dishonor, you need to run the other way. When that screenshot shows up on your phone and you want to forward it to somebody else, you have now moved in dishonor. Because a kingdom citizen will pray. A kingdom citizen will intercede. A kingdom citizen loves accountability and hates dishonor. There's a difference. Accountability is real, biblical and kingdom. But dishonor is from hell. And you have to learn to understand the difference. So you honor God with your worship. You honor God with your finances. And third, last one, because I know y'all are tired. You honor God with your actions with what you do and how you do it. That's at home, that's at work, that's on the block, that's at church. Your actions need to be honorable. How are you treating the waiters and waitresses that take care of your food? Like, how are you just, how are you just, how are you just treating people? Like, for, like, come on, just for a second. Put, put, put your tablets down, put your, put your Bibles down, put your phones down, just for a second. Just really, Anna, how are you, how are you treating people? Christian, what's your engagement like with people who have similar ideologies to you? What's, what's your interactions with people who don't? because it shouldn't waver. Like you shouldn't be the customer that people run from. Like you shouldn't be the, the boss that employees don't wanna deal with. You shouldn't be the employee that gives your employer a headache every week. Not you kingdom citizen. We operate in honor everywhere we are. Honor plays a role in our finances. Honor plays a role in our family. Honor plays a role in our business. Honor plays a role in every aspect of our life. It's a kingdom value. It's not up for vote. It's not up for debate. This is who we are called to be. Do you get that? Because the world is trying to tell you differently. That's why they keep inventing social media platforms. So you can keep being dishonorable. So you can keep trying to make yourself better. Appear that you got all the answers, that you got all the influence, that you know everything about everything, that you so deep and you're not. But our culture is trying to train us down to our kids to platform themselves, to big up themselves, to make themselves appear, appear larger than they are. It's a trap. It's a breeding ground for dishonor. I'm not saying get off social media. But I'm saying take honor everywhere that you go. Opt out of dishonor for no other sake than the fact, the thought, the key that I gave you earlier, that honor attracts the blessings of God. If you want your marriage to be blessed, deposit honor in it. You want your kids to be blessed, deposit honor in it. You want your finances to be blessed, deposit honor in it. You want your job to be blessed, to put honor in it. 
wherever you place honor, and honor is not dependent upon anybody else. It's dependent upon your relationship with God. Period. With a T at the end. That's where the honor comes from. And if you put it in position in all these different roles of your life, you are attracting blessings to it. You are attracting God's favor to the situation. Every time you decide, you make the decision and you make the choice to be honorable. So when you honor God with your worship, you honor God with your finances and you honor God with your actions, you position yourself just like David the shepherd boy did to receive an honorable mention. I think you missed it, but in verse 11, after all the other sons went by and Samuel told Jesse, send for your youngest son. And when, as, as David was arriving, this is what God said. This is the one. That's the definition of an honorable mention. When God says about you, that's the one. I don't need no other cosign but to hear God say about me, despite, despite nobody else seeing me, despite nobody else shouting me out, despite nobody else inviting me in, when God says, this is the one, that's all you need. So let's pursue an honorable mention from heaven. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.